Hi, everyone, and welcome to Dance It Out, a Grey's Anatomy podcast. We're your hosts, Giuseppe Corallo and Jasmine Petty. Thank you to everyone for joining us. Today, we're going to be talking about this week's Grey's Anatomy episode entitled Some Kind of Tomorrow. So if you haven't seen the episode, there are spoilers ahead. So Jasmine, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, the weather's been uh, really nice here this week. So I've been uh, getting out and doing stuff. And um, here in Canada, it's it's Thanksgiving this weekend. So we get the Monday off. It's a long weekend. And okay. uh, I'm hosting a, a Friendsgiving with uh, my friend Amy here at the house. Oh, is that is that a thing? Friendsgiving? Friendsgiving, yeah. So, you know, because Thanksgiving is usually with your family. So if you get together and do it with friends, we, we call it a Friendsgiving. That's amazing. That's, I yeah. never heard of it. It's a, it's a, well, it's a North American thing. Uh, yeah, so we're doing that. Uh, so that should be fun. Yeah, we're doing that on Sunday. And yeah, and it was over last night. We watched the news grays, obviously, and we watched their the new CSI Las Vegas. So we were big fans of the original show. How was the big comeback? It was good. Was it worth the wait? Yeah, it was good. It, it, it was well done. Uh, I like the vibe of the show. They did a good job. They've gone with a, a vibe of like the original characters you love have retired. And this is like several years later. For example, for me that I haven't seen a single episode, could I watch it and still enjoy it? I think so. I mean, you would miss, you, w- you wouldn't understand a lot of it though, because a big part of the plot is doing callbacks to the original characters. And if you didn't watch the original show, it wouldn't make any sense to you. I mean, you could, I think you could still enjoy it. I think it just wouldn't pack the same punch. But we enjoyed that. And then she's also been watching the new NCIS Hawaii. And she's seen, I guess, the she's watching the original NCIS as well. And so we started watching that. And I, I really, really like that. There's a couple that they've kind of set up. We watched the first two episodes that, uh, that was like, I'm like, oh, I really like these two. And it's got this one guy that was in music and lyrics, a movie that I love who's like, this is his first like major role, usually plays minor characters. So I really enjoyed that. So I started watching Only Murders in the Building on Disney Plus. So yeah, I mean, I'm not- I wanna, I wanna watch that show. That's good, it's good. We've, we have two episodes left to go. It's really good. So how are you? How, how are things going with you? Well, uh, it's, been, it's been a good week, you know, a, a pretty busy week with work. You know, work keeps me busy as it keeps you busy and everyone else busy, I guess. But, you know, it's, it's all good. I, I, you were talking before about this new show that you're, you're watching, Only Murders in the Building, I think mm-hmm. it's the title. And I read about it just a few days ago, and I'm very curious about it. And because it, it feels like a mystery and at the same time a comedy, and I love that kind of mix. So I really hope that this weekend I, I have the time. I mean, this weekend, I don't know if I'm going to have the time, but I will try to carve out some time to, to watch, you know, this, this show, which seems pretty interesting. So, yeah, everything is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's okay. So, Jasmine, we have a new episode of Grey's Anatomy, episode two. Do you want to start off with the 30-second recap? All righty. Can you count me down? Yes. Three, two, one, go. This week on Grey's Anatomy, Meredith has Amelia fly out to Minnesota to get her opinion on the Parkinson's project and goes on a date with Nick. Meanwhile, back in Seattle, Richard is re-energized as he takes teaching the latest crop of residents to a new level by having them compete in the Surgical Olympics. Winston treats a patient suffering from kidney failure who he realizes is receiving poorer treatment because of her race, and Teddy grapples with the fact that others might not be so kind to Leo because of the way he dresses. Ta-da. Mm-hmm. 
Tada, a lot happened. A lot happened. Yeah, a lot happened. So first of all, I want to say that this, for me, it was another good episode. I enjoyed the premiere and I enjoyed this episode as well. And I want, again, state that I'm really, really happy that they chose a post-pandemic world because it actually feels like the grace of the past. And, and I have to say that I'm very, very, I, I don't know how, what do you think about it, but I'm very, very curious to see where they're going with this storyline for Meredith. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it is a brand new chapter for her, one that could potentially, as she says to Nick, be her failure or big win. And, and we also, we know that the show doesn't like to tackle medical storylines if they're not possible or true. So I have to say that I'm, that I'm curious because I'm really confused. Like, how is the storyline going to resolve? Will mm-hmm. Meredith have a win or she won't? And if she doesn't, wouldn't it be weird in case this is the last season? I mean, to end on this note. Mm-hmm. And on the other end, I would hate for them to create, you know, a cure when I know there isn't one, sadly, in the world right now. Mm-hmm. So I, I really don't know where this storyline is going. If For sure, it makes me excited. But is, th- is this going to be a failure for Meredith? I mean, what other path do they have? What do you think? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things. Um, because like you said, you know, if, uh, you know, we, we'd want to see her, you know, the story end with her having a win. But you don't want it to be a fake cure because I mean many 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 people do have deal with Parkinson's in real life. Um, I feel like they could maybe do. I feel like there will be some kind of big climactic. You know, maybe Dr. Hamilton dies, or you know, there's some kind of big breakthrough that could mirror real life, or you know, like some kind of in between win maybe. You know, like something that they are working on in real life that has shown to be successful or could be successful. Um, uh, or like maybe it's not the big, big win that we're, we're expecting or, you know, like it's kind of left on a positive note of, you know, this is this is looking hopeful going into the future. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know how it's going to resolve itself. That's a that's, that's yeah. a good question. Yes, because even though it, even though it, it's going to be a semi win and like not a really great win, it, it would not feel good for Meredith. So that's why I really don't get what they're doing. I'm. What are these writers thinking? Anyway, I'm 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 actually excited about it just because I don't know. So you know, to to have me as a viewer keep guessing about what comes next, what happens next. Well, that's exciting. That's what a good shot should do. And another thing that I really like about this storyline about Meredith deciding, you know, to accept this challenge from Doctor Hamilton is the fact that in this way she, she's getting closer again to neurology. Because mm-hmm. as we know, that was the field she wanted to specialize in. And, 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 and I mean, we have to remember that she was the one to come up with the premise for the Shepherd method. method. What do you call it the Gray Shepherd method? It still pisses me off that Derek did that. Yeah, yeah, it pisses me off too. I, I, I still haven't forg- for, forgiven him, you're right. And, but that was one of my favorite storylines in season four. And, and also she was eager to be a part of the Alzheimer's trial with Derek, mm. you know? And, and then she tainted it by deciding not to give the placebo to Adele, Richard, Richard's wife. 
and and then, then Meredith being Meredith couldn't accept to give her the placebo and then and then this this was a big storyline at the end of season seven you know when Derek found out mm. what she had done the trial that had to be suspended and Richard had to take the blame and there was actually the reason why Richard you know had to step down and and she, what I want what I want to express is the fact that there was a, like a big storyline you know mm-hmm. and 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 also um, in order to you know to be forgiven by Derek Meredith had to give up to work with him and so she had to give up to Nero so there was something that always bothered me a little bit because yeah, I she think... gave it up because she basically gave up because his ego couldn't handle it and they've gotten to a fight so she gave up being a great neurosurgeon and that still bothers me like yeah. she's great in general yeah. but I mean that's a crappy reason to give up something you're great at yeah, absolutely. I, I liked that storyline at the time because it was it. like, I, 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 I liked, it was so exciting to see Meredith in Nero cases. So, you know, seeing Meredith dealing with all of it after all these years, it's it's pretty exciting for me. And maybe as Amelia says to her, because, I'm, you know, Meredith reaches to Amelia in this episode, you know, to, to, to help her come to a conclusion, to, to a decision, you know, as Amelia says to her, well, Maybe this is your path. This is where you're supposed to be right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I thought it was because we talked about this last week about like, you know, your, your question was like, well, I don't want Meredith to just be the figurehead. Like, what is she doing leading this project? And I said, well, maybe the plan based on next week's promo was to bring Amelia in and they work together. And we, we were right on that. that. That turns out to be Dr. Hamilton's plan was to recruit Meredith, to recruit Amelia, to recruit both of them to work on the project. Um, which I think is pretty clever on, on Dr. Hamilton's part, actually. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I, I read some, you know, something about on the internet and they kept saying, why is Dr. Hamilton pushing so much for Meredith? He, I mean, he works in one of the most prestigious clinic in the world. He could attract anyone. Why is he pushing so much for Meredith Gray? And I was like, wow, maybe you don't realize it, but she's Meredith Gray. She won a Catherine Fox award. So she, she she's big shot. Yeah, you want a big, like this guy, he's going to be the patient. He doesn't want Joe Schmo cutting into him. Like he yeah. wants the big people, the best people working on this project. Um, yeah, like if you'd want the best, that is the best. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I totally, I totally get why he would pick, why he would want Meredith and Amelia involved. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and also when you know when Meredith brings Amelia to you know to to Minnesota, um, Amelia gets to know this doctor, doctor uh, doctor Kay Bartley, mm-hmm. and and Amelia is um, is pretty fascinated by by them, and. And I saw that many people on the internet commenting like, oh, there is so much chemistry between the two of them. Do you think something will happen? I don't know. Like I did, I did feel a little bit of chemistry there, but at the same time, I'm a big Amelia and Link fan. So anything that kind of prevents them from getting back together, I'm not in favor of. Um, but I did think they had an interesting dynamic. Um, and since I have introduced the idea of Amelia being bisexual or potentially bisexual in earlier seasons, but they never actually went anywhere with it. Um, I think that could be interesting to explore for her character. The one thing I did want to say about what we were just talking about, though, is that something that got me is a little weird about this episode is, you know, Meredith was like, well, like, this is a great opportunity, but like, my life is in Seattle. I love Seattle. You know, my kids are there. They need stability. And especially after everything Meredith's kids have been through, they definitely need stability. Um, but something I thought was a little odd was that Amelia was so enamored with the project. She was willing to uproot her entire life and she didn't seem to like 
Meredith was like, well, what about our kids? She's like, well, it'll be good for them. She's working on the project. And I was like, yeah, but like, what about Scout? What about Leo? Like, you now have to do a split custody arrangement with Link. You just rejected a marriage proposal. Teddy and Owen, who just got married. Like, it, it, it seemed like Amelia was so caught up with the project. It didn't, she wasn't really thinking about the implications of moving to Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, which right. caught me off guard because I'm like, that, that seemed that seemed strange to me. Yeah, she she came off as as a selfish person. Yeah, and uh, what is yeah, it seems pretty strange. And you know, as you said, she she's in a fight with Link right now. So that could be really com. Not, I mean, not could be. It would be really complicated. So why is she not thinking about it? Yeah. No, could it be that her tumor is back? Her <laughs> tumor is back. Surprise. <laughs> I mean, she, she she's not thinking rationally sometimes. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I, I have to say that I was never a big fan of Amelia until season 14. And then, yeah, and then when they discovered a tumor and then the character started to make sense for me. And yeah. now I have to say that I am lost again. I'm like, what are they going to do with her? Why is she always stuck in the same pattern? This is also a reason why I'm so excited about the return of Edison because finally yeah. get gonna open up, you know, mm-hmm. to her about her problems. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the fact that you didn't like last episode, the couple of mm-hmm. Meredith and Nick, I have to say that you hated it because you are a big Meredith and Ace fan. I really like, I, I really like, uh, I'm gonna say guys this, I really like Meredith and Ace, but I now Becky love with Meredith and Nick. I'm really curious to see your perspective on the Meredith and Nick date, because I saw a lot of people on Twitter going crazy, like, oh no, Meredith should be with Ace. She should not be with this guy. Please stop, stop it. Yeah, and, I'm with them. Like I Yeah, I know, I know. I know you're with them. That's that's why I'm so curious because I am actually completely in love with the two of them right now with Meredith and Nick. I loved, loved their date. So really yeah yes I did I thought everything was perfect. every time they're on a scene together it's like I I have this green this stupid green in my face I I smile I'm I'm like ah oh, I feel things I I know I I feel stupid to say that but that's true the truth right, no I get it I get it like I'm not feeling it but I do I've, I felt that for other characters so I I I get I get what you what you mean yeah yeah and I also saw like a tweet from a writer. She was a writer on the Vampire Diaries. I think mm. it was, I mean, everybody knows that show. And she just tweeted uh, like something like uh, Scott Speedman is the ingredient that was actually missing and no one knew about it. That's, <laughs> that's her. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Oh yeah, my God. I know, I know, that was actually, so dumb. Nobody asked for this. Nobody wanted it. Oh my God. No. I wanted it. Hard so disagree. Not- Hard disagree. I, I, I wanted it, so I've been wanting it for years, even though, you know, it seemed so unattainable that I had to stop dream about, about, dreaming about it, mm-hmm. but I actually wanted it so much, and now it's finally happening, so I feel like I feel butterflies, and also I'm very excited because I feel like they're setting them up to be, like, as I said in the previous episode, endgame. That's how it feels to me. I my prediction is that we won't have an actual triangle between Meredith Ace and um, Nick. I think that next episode Meredith is gonna say to Ace that she cannot go on with him because she has feelings from someone else. I mean, that's my feeling. I I don't know if it will happen, but that's what I feel like. So I'm pretty excited about the two of them. And they have this date and Meredith was so vulnerable with him. She opened up and she she confessed to him the fact that she 
she she's scared, you know, to to have a failure in her life. And I, I just love the two of them. And Scott Speedman, he's such a charming man. So that is why I'm so curious, since I want to know if you what you thought about their date. You know, if you can just for a moment forget that Ace is in the picture. I know that's really hard, but if you can forget that, that, I can do. I can do it either way. Um, okay, I'm really curious to yeah. see if Ace is. Let's pretend Ace is not the picture. Is not in the picture. What did you think about marathonic dates? Date. Um, I hated it. I thought it was stupid. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to tell you why. So at the beginning of the episode, you know, he leaves the note, which is supposed to be this cute little romantic thing. Um, and I think we were supposed to think that whole thing was cute. And like the idea of leaving somebody a note is cute. But then, you know, when they do, when she shows up later on and she's that beautiful dress, pantsuit, outfit, um, he's like, oh, wow, like, you look amazing, but you're going to need to change. And you find out he's taking her, you know, they're going out to like to lie on a blanket in the woods. I'm like, you dick. Like you, okay, you left her a note and you talked to her that morning. You should have said in your note or when you talked to her, hey, wear something casual tonight. Like, don't get dressed up because I don't want you to get it dirty. You should have said something. She went and got all dolled up. Gets all the way down to the lobby. At which point he's like, oh, by the way, you need to change. I'd be like, buddy, no. And I'd turn around and I'd go back to my hotel room. I'm a classy lady. I spent time getting dolled up and you pull that crap on me? Absolutely not. Well, to me, it reminded me, it reminded me of Meredith and Finn date. You know, when Finn asks her on a date or something yeah, like that. Like she's now an attending, an award-winning surgeon, a single mother of three. Like, uh, come on. Like, no. Like that was funny and interesting and cutesy when she was younger. She's older now. No, no. And then like second point. So she they go on this date. And so we find out that his big date, you know, like, you know, his big date to impress her apparently is driving out to the woods and them having beers on a blanket in the woods. And I'm like, I don't know why Meredith even went through with that day, because quite frankly, if I got like, I'm in my late 20s, this woman is, you know, she's somewhere in her 40s or 50s, right? I'm like, if I got all dolled up, went down, like met my date, they asked me to get changed. First of all, I wouldn't have gone any farther than that. But let's say I really, I, you know, I really liked them or, you know, they convinced me and I, we got all the way out there and it turned out the big thing was beers on a like beers on a blanket i'd be like absolutely not sir what is this crap i'm a classy lady call me or drive me home oh my god you you think you are and i'm sorry but meredith with everything that she's done and accomplished i was like that is like that is some pathetic ass crap so you're you're no no i don't i don't believe you you're being so grumpy just because it was nick i'm sure that no i'm not i I swear to god i swear to god amy said the same so so you're telling me that if i ace uh had thought up of this date you would have said the same thing what the fuck is this lame ass crap Absolutely. It's lame. It's pathetic. I do not believe you. I'm sorry. You would have loved it. No, I wouldn't have because that's pathetic. Also, Hayes would never do that. Hayes would have told her when he went to see her the first time or left her a note and said, wear casual clothing. And she would have said, why? And she would have said, here's my idea. And she would have either said yay or nay. He wouldn't have made it a big mystery. He wouldn't have made her change. And he would have done something way classier than beers on a blanket because Hayes the classy guy. And Nick has no game, and I'm just not having it. Also, I don't like the way they're styling him. Like, the first time he showed up in season 14, he looked very attractive. This time around, he's got a 5 o'clock shadow. What is that top? That green looks awful on him. What are they doing with his styling? Like, they make him look like an irresponsible jackass who has nothing better than do than hang around her hotel and try to get a date with her. And what, Meredith? I'm supposed to believe that Meredith is interested in this guy? 
when she's got this great guy back in Seattle, loving father, stand-up guy, everybody likes him, friends like him, Christina likes him. I'm sorry, and I'm supposed to accept that she picks this schmuck who's hanging around her hotel. Uh, you're a million years, completely unrealistic. You're you're so harsh on Nick Marsh. I completely believe it because if I were married, I would choose Nick in heartbeat. Why? So, what does he have going on? What is he offering? Well, first of all, is so great looking. I mean, he's I like terrible this episode. Oh my god! Oh, he's, he's, so, awful. he's actually so dreamy, and his smile. <laughs> His smile is amazing, and Ugh, it, and it feels like everything is possible with him. Ace, oh, of course, Ace feels more grounded and the stable choice, but Nick feels like you know the I'm all I'm all in guy. So I, I don't know. I just it makes well, here's the thing too that the thing that drove me nuts is that like they're 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 on the date. And Meredith's telling her about her fears, right? Which was nice. But he turns around, he's like, no, you're not the kind of person who plays it safe. You're a risk taker. And I'm like, buddy, who the hell do you think you are? You met this woman once and now you're waxing poetic as if you've known her your whole life. Like that felt so fake to me. I was like, buddy, who do you think I'm you really are? Curious. You know, I'm really curious for, the, you know, I, I would like the people listening to us to, you know, comment us on, on Twitter or, or on Instagram. Let us know what your thoughts are. If you are on my side or you, if you are on Jasmine's side, I think it's going to be really fun this season. You know, this dynamic between uh, between us two, because yeah. anything can happen. And if Meredith goes with Ace, I, I mean, I wouldn't hate it, but I would be here being a little bit, pissed off that they brought Scott Speedman back just, you know, for Meredith to end up with Ace. On the other end, Jasmine will be really pissed off if Meredith just, you know, completely dismisses Ace's feelings. I can see that. You're going to yeah. be so pissed off. So, so much set up for nothing? I mean, that's the worst ending ever. Yeah, yeah. But I think you should get ready, Jasmine. No, I would not. I, I didn't do... Here's the thing. And I thought they'd learned their lesson on this one. The show just can't throw some random guy at Meredith after building up something else and expect me and the majority of fans to get on board with it. They tried that with DeLuca. It bombed. I know some people were into it, but I wasn't. Most people weren't. And it, to me, it's the same thing here. You can't give me all this buildup and then throw some random guy at her and expect me to just get on board. It ain't happening. And if they think that that's how this is going to go, if they think that the legacy that this is going to go, legacy of the show is going to be a good one, if they pull this crap, I feel like they're mistaken because 90% of the people I've talked to and comments I've seen are people being like, what the heck is this crap? What, like, where did this come from? And I just... Well, but actually when Cormac was brought in season 16, mm -hmm. I mean, a, a scene, a single scene, that single scene that I read her was, sus, you know, was enough to, to say, oh, we want Meredith to end up with him. Because at the time, the pairing of Meredith, the look at it, did not make sen any sense at all. So yeah. we wanted Meredith to end up with Cormac's eyes. Exactly. Yeah, we won that. So, and Cormac Ice at that point was a random guy in Meredith's life. So, yeah, but at least he made sense. That's the thing. Like, Nick doesn't make any sense. Why would she give up everything great that she has? Because, because, that, because that happens in life. Sometimes a great I'm sorry, but no. People don't give up their whole goddamn life to some random loser. No way. Oh, he's not a random loser. You're so harsh on him. I actually think does that he's hanging like, around the hotel. Does he? Is he even still working as a surgeon? Like, what is he doing with his time? Yeah, we see we see him at May Hospital at one point. While Mary no, he's not in Scrubs. He's not in anything. He's he's literally just hanging around her hotel. And when well, he shows Mary, up at the end, well, he's in regular not, clothes. He's not in. Well, Mary is not in Scrubs either. So. Yeah, but she's there. Like she's being courted by this guy for this project. There's a reason for that. Like when he, when she sees him at the hospital, when she's putting Amelia in the car, 
He's in regular clothes. He's not in scrubs. He's not. Well, I, I think we'll see him pretty soon in scrubs because when I think about Winston's storyline, this episode and the mm-hmm. fact that he had, you know, to fight for, for, for a patient to get that patient a kidney transplant, I think Nick will perform. Oh, he's going to bring the, you think he's going to bring the kidney? Yeah, yeah. I oh, think. I hadn't thought about that. Okay, that could be interesting. I mean, I don't like him, but that could be interesting. Yeah, I think that kid, you know, yeah, you know, a way to to introduce him back to Seattle. Anyway, speaking of Seattle Grace Hospital, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it's not called that way anymore, guys. It's called the uh, Grace, Grace Long Memorial. Without, of course, I'm <laughs> sorry. Seven, are we? No, not even. No, because it would have changed by then. What season? Season four, season five. Yeah. Uh, no, when they changed the name, I think it was season uh, season six, the first change, Seattle Mercy Hospital, and then season nine. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, so uh, uh, at Seattle Grace, a lot is happening. There are the Surgical Olympics happening, brought yeah. to you by, presented and brought to you by Richard, Dr. Richard Weber. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny, right? Yeah, I honestly really love that storyline because it was funny. It's like, I think that's the first time we've seen the skills lab in quite some time, um, which is crazy because I mean, the main characters used to spend all their time in the skills lab for seasons and seasons and seasons. Um, I love the competitiveness. I like that Levi came out on top because like you were saying last episode, you know, we saw him really come into his own during the pandemic and really take charge, which was great. And then last episode, he was back to being this clumsy guy. We didn't know what he was doing. Um, and so I liked seeing him, um, uh, you know, uh, win the surgical competition and then get to do the solo surgery. Yeah, yeah. I, I... I loved it too. I think that was funny. And, and I, I love when the show actually highlights the competition of, of this work, of the surgical, or, you know, the, the competition happening between the, the residents, the surgical residents. But I have to say that, I mean, okay, Jasmine, I have to be honest. The point is that at this point, why is Levi or why is Elm competing with you know, with interns, first year interns, second year interns, they should be so much stronger as a surgeon. And I know you could say, well, this is why this storyline is actually happening. But it's like, it's like when they introduced Levi and Elm, it's like they introduced them back in season 14 as a comedic relief. And now characters are really suffering because of that, because they were not characters built, you know, with depth as mm-hmm. the first original interns, and as also as the class of Joe with Stephanie and Leah and, and, uh, yeah. and Shane. So they were there just for comedic reasons. And now they're trying to expand on them, which I, lo- which I like. But the point is, you know, every time I see Levi on the screen, I'm like, oh, I will never, never allow him to operate on me because that not this, that, he doesn't look like a proper surgeon. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like they're old to be this. Uh, this storyline should come as, oh, this is such a big win for Levi. But at the same time, I'm like, really? He's doing a solo surgery now? And he, he has been introduced like in season 13. So much time has passed and still he hasn't done a single procedure by himself. Yeah, I mean, be what, third year now? If you... Yeah. 30 uh, okay season 14 season 15 six seven. i think yeah. it could be like a maybe even a fourth year you know i don't think it's fourth though because there was certain like there's periods of time i think season 16 
like they established that some of those episodes took place like back to back, like day, like day to day or like over a couple of weeks. So I feel like the timeline of that season was shorter. So I feel like he's got to be, he's got to be, he's got to be third year, right? Well, at that point in season five, which was like the second year of Meredith and Alex and Izzy, Alex yeah. was doing his solo surgery and they were such competent yeah. doctors. Christina oh, was no, so- no, I know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I, I totally agree about them doing it earlier. I'm just thinking timeline-wise, I think him and Helm have to be third year and the other interns what they came in with the merger in season oh season 16 16. the beginning of season 16 yeah 16 okay so they would have come in right and then covid so i mean i get the younger ones that would make sense because they're those would technically be second year but they lost a year due to covid so i get why they're not up to par and packed was notably terrible so i get why those guys need training because they haven't really been trained um but yeah you're right i mean levi and helm should be so much farther along than they are yeah yeah and so so that's uh, uh this thing bothers him a lot because to me these characters do not feel real characters i'm not really invested in them that's why mm-hmm. because i feel like they're written for for a purpose they, they're not breathing living characters that's how i feel i'm sorry and that's why i'm not going to be so invested in into them and and also but one thing that i liked about it because there was something that i liked about it mm-hmm. was the fact that this levi's uh, operation actually brought me back to george o'malley back in the pilot mm-hmm. i thought it was like a comparison between the two of them doing their first surgery and and george was you know was a lead in his, his first day as an intern mm-hmm. and the two of them at, at one point they stalled you know yeah. they don't do and i like the fact that while george was all by himself and brooke took charge of it uh, on the other hand levi had the support of all his class of all his friends intervening and helping him i thought that was really sweet but again i was like why does why does levi need help for such a simple procedure anyway yeah yeah i have to say about it Speaking of kind of the things we liked and didn't like, um, I want to talk about uh, the storyline that Teddy Noah have with Leo this episode um, because I really liked it. Yeah, me too. I um, actually did. And if you remember, the, 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 in our previous episode, we were like, "Oh, they should, you know, tackle this storyline. They should hmm. do something about it." Um, so I really like that they addressed it this this episode, and uh, I thought they did a good job. And I'm I I really hope somebody does an interview about this at some point because. I feel like this could, it could have gone either way. Like I, I said last episode that like, oh, I wonder if the kid just, because I looked up and it's a pair of, of uh, twin girls that, that play Leo. And normally when an actor gets to, you know, like when they're babies, right, they cast them, all babies kind of look just like babies, right? They don't really look, they don't really seem to have gender. I mean, they do, but you, you know, a baby is a baby. Um, yeah. Normally as, as the children get older at a certain point the, between seasons, they'll, they'll cast a new kid. And I figured, you know, Amy and I figured, oh, well, you know, as Leo gets older, they'll probably cast, you know, recast his twin boys, right? Um, and then, you know, last episode, I was saying, well, like, I wonder if the kid just rocked up to set in the tutu and they're like, his parents are like, they won't take it off. And they were like, all right, we'll just write this in the script. So I wonder if that was the impetus for this and they decided to keep the, those twins and roll with the storyline, or if this was an idea they had and they approached the parents and said, hey, we're thinking about this. Like, I'd, I'd love to know, was it one or the other? Was it a little bit of both? um i'm really curious about that no yeah that, that would be fun to know i think i think yeah. i think that it could be it could have been a little bit of both you know mm-hmm. yeah 
But it sounds like an interesting story for the two of them. And I, I, I'm really, really loving, you know, Owen um, having such positive um, gestures towards his son. Yeah. The way when Teddy is preoccupied for, for how the world can be cruel to, to Leo, he says, well, yeah, the world could be cruel to him, but we shouldn't be cruel. And that's a thing that every parent should remember. You have to protect your son, but you don't. You, you don't have to be cruel just because the world out there is going to be cruel. You know, that yeah, that doesn't yeah. make sense. So, I'm I'm really loving this new this, this the Teddy and Owen being married and being happy and and being preoccupied about their their children. I do love it. Yeah, because I, I said to Amy after we watched, I was like, I'll never be an Owen fan. The last season, I'm not a big Teddy fan, but I really love this storyline with Leo. And them navigating him being, you know, potentially uh, non-binary or trans or just, you know, someone who who dresses in a gender non-conforming way um, and other kids' reactions and parents' reactions. I'm really interested to see where that goes. And I thought they handled it well this episode. And there's an interesting parallel, I think, between that scene, like those scenes about Leo, like between Teddy and Leo and Owen, um, to an earlier episode where, um, not the same issue, but Derek spends the whole episode thinking that people are staring at him and Zola because they're being racist. <laughs> and then yeah. realizes that like that great line where Bailey walks up to him is like, people are not staring at you because you're white and Arabia is black. They're staring at you because your hair is damn near perfect and your kid's hair is 15 different flavors of wrong. Your baby is black, <laughs> do your black baby's hair. And she yeah. walks away and he's like, oh. <laughs> Not racism, just me not doing the hair right. And I liked that. I felt there was a bit of a parallel where Teddy was like defending Leo. And then the dad was like, no, no, I'm not looking at your kid. I'm looking at the costume. Where did you find that? I can't get it anywhere. Like, yeah. he was like, oh, oh, my, my bad. Uh, yep. Yeah, I'll ask my husband where I got it. So I thought that, I thought that was kind of cool. I liked that. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. Speaking of racism and of systemic racism, what about Winston's storyline? I thought it was pretty interesting. And um, I just wanted to say something about it. So I really like that the show tackles all these important, you know, social aspects of life. But at the same time, I felt like it maybe was a little bit too much this week because what I want in a medical show is, I mean, Grey's Anatomy is known for its romances, for its, for all, you know, all the fun that it brings. But I would like, I would love for the medicine to be front again, like at the yeah. center of attention. And I feel like in this episode, yes, we had, I mean, three, I think we had three medical cases, but two of them were connected to very important topics, political po points, you know, the mm -hmm. racist one. And then we also had the one, the um, Teddy Owens case, they deal with a veteran who has developed a uh, problem with his lungs because he was you know in wars in mm. war zones and he was affected by burn pits and so what i feel like sometimes is it's so political and so little medicine yeah. i would like for the medicine to be a little bit more i don't want the show to become too preachy you know that's that's all I want to say about this topic. And of course, but then again, of course, Winston's storyline was a great storyline because it highlighted once again how the medical system is based on, was made up by white people and is, you know, um, 
wants in a way to to protect white white people. But so I, I and I also read that um that this uh storyline that they faced that they tackled in this episode is actually something that has happened in the past few months in the medical community and mm-hmm. now the, this the parameters for, for to, to get into a kidney transplant list has been updated so well, that's good it hasn't updated because that was my thing i was watching i was like this is probably a real thing and i hate that because you know it's like when when they're when uh, bailey and winston and i think the resident are talking about it you know in this case it wasn't even people trying to be blatantly racist i don't think it just sounds like you know like bailey says like they use this metric and assumed that it was the same for black people or that, you know, this made a difference, that made a difference. You know, you had that with race, you also had that with gender, you know, like for the prevailing, like everything that medicine, modern Western medicine is based on it is, is this idea that women are small men and people of color are white people with some pigment thrown in. And we know now that's just not true. We are different, our bodies are different. We will react to things differently. And when every single, um, like when those assumptions get codified, like with, with the transplant list, um, you know, in this, you know, like as we see in this episode, it prevents people from getting the life-saving care or just even life-improving care that they need um, for absolutely no reason. And, you know, and as Winston bumps up against this, she's like, the other doctor's like, well, that's the protocol. And he's like, yeah, but should it be? Is basically mm. his whole thing. Like, just because we've always done it this way, is this the right thing to do? Or if it's preventing people from getting life-saving care, then the protocol is wrong. It needs to be fixed. And this woman can't wrap her head around this because, well, that's the protocol. But, you know, people that look like her aren't impacted negatively by the protocol and people that look like Winston are. And when he realizes that's what's going on. um, So I love that he advocated for his patient and we got a storyline that was his and not something to do with him and Maggie. Yeah, yeah, Um, absolutely. I really like that. And I'm glad to hear that that is something they actually have updated because like that, like that would really suck to not be able to get the care you needed for no reason. And to not understand, like at least, you know, like he, he advocates for his patient. He makes sure that she gets it, but like yeah. to not know and be like, well, what, like, oh my, like this, this thing is too high. Okay. Yeah. Like, well, why, like, why is that preventing you from getting something you clearly need? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I loved it as well. And also what I liked it was, is as you were saying about the, the um, this is not part of protocol. This is actually a life. Because yeah. The doctor, yeah the, the, I think that was a great line when he, when he was really mad and was like, no, you're right. This is not protocol. This is a life we're talking about. Yeah. This yeah. person's life. Yeah. Like, and yeah. I, I also thought there's a difference there between, I think what, you know, the people that work at, you know, Grace Sloan advocate and the, the kind of doctors we all want to have and the nurses we want to have is people who say, this is what you need. I'm going to get you what you need because it's the right thing to do and you need it versus the kind of medicine that says, well, this isn't protocol and therefore I'm not going to help you or I'm not going to look any further. And I think, um, you know, all of us at some point have met somebody like that, you know, in medicine yeah. or something else where, you know, it was obviously the wrong call to make, but they, they, they couldn't see past the rules. And as yeah, someone yeah. who, like in, in my life personally, I mean, not, nothing life-threatening but um certainly painful um i've been through stuff in life where i've had like i'm a generally healthy person but every so often every few years or so i get something weird that crops up where i have to go to the doctor and i get the i've never seen that before i don't know what that is but i'm lucky to have access to the type of care where i have i get myself in front of doctors you know as a white person but in an urban area who find doctors who are willing to keep looking 
until we figure out why I'm not feeling well and we can fix it. It's all fixable. It just, we have to find out what it is. And um, we all deserve that type of care. And I like that the show advocates for that, that the standard of care should be that the protocol should be that not something else because we all deserve to have that. And it's the worst feeling in the world when you're like, I know something is wrong. Don't tell me it's not protocol. Don't tell me your rules. Don't let you help me. Like, just help me. And next week seems even more exciting with Edison return. She's finally back. And the preview that we got when she said, call, get me Meredith Grey, that was so dramatic. And I can't wait to have her back. Yeah. At the same time, I hope it's not a cheesy return. Because <laughs> I, I know, you know why? Because I really didn't like, love the line that she says in the problem, in which she says, Oh, and you must be the group who's been screwed, that's been screwing the program. That sounded so cheesy just to have a parallel to the, to the season one iconic line, and you must be the woman who's been screwing my husband. And yeah. I, I don't want that type of callbacks. I think that it's just cheesy and it's just fun service. And I hate fun service. That's a reason why I didn't love the beach storyline last year because mm -hmm. it was all fun service. And I, I really want a good story. I don't care about them, you know, being kind to us and patronizing us. I, I just hate it. So I really hope that it's a great return. I'm really excited. And I, I just cannot wait just cannot wait to see Meredith and, and Edison back together because they are such a different points in their life now. The, first, the last time uh, Edison saw Meredith, she was still like a resident. She was not an award-winning surgeon. So mm -hmm. I'm really excited to discover what that dynamic is, is like now. And I'm really curious to see if they are going to talk about, I mean, for sure they are, what they're going to say about Derek and how they're going to face, you know, that this, you know, big, sudden loss that Meredith experienced. Yeah. I'm really, think, really excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited too, because, you know, I didn't like, as an original on Grace, I did like her own private practice. One thing I liked about the promo is that it seems that they're going with a, you know, private practice Addison with some Grace edge, which I, which I like, because I think that's Addison at her best. Um, and I feel like she's evolved beyond what she originally was as a character when she first appears on Grace, which is a good thing. Um, and I'm, you know, and like you said, like the last time we see them actually on screen interacting, we actually get scenes is when Addison, you know, by the time she'd gone to private practice, she's back on Grace for like a guest episode and we saw them interact. Like we know that, that she did attend Derek's funeral, but we don't actually see them interact because it's all shot from behind because those actors actually weren't available when Derek dies um, on the show. So like you, I'm, I'm excited to see what that dynamic is like because, you know, they've kind of gone a full circle and that, you know, they start off acrimonious and then in this weird place um, to, you know, and the last time, the last, I think the last kind of in-depth conversation they have is, I think that I remember is when Addison shows up in, in Seattle and she's like, I'm going to kick your ass. Like, are you really letting Derek get away with that dewy-eyed, yeah. like, yeah. you know? And that was season four. It's crazy. That was yeah, season it's crazy. Four. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see what that dynamic is like. And now that they're both kind of like, when Addison's introduced in the show back in, you know, it, you know, originally, you know, she's the top neonatal surgeon in the country. And, you know, she still is, presumably. Um, but now Meredith has gone from being this doe-eyed intern to being the, like, the top general surgeon in the country kind of a thing. So I'm excited to see that dynamic. 
Um, and like you said, to see them talk about the kids and, and Derek and, you know, Addison's life in, in LA and what's been going on with Meredith in Seattle and potentially Amelia, you know, what's going on with her. Um, I could see maybe Addison's going to try to get some intel from Meredith before she, you know, approaches things with Amelia about Link, you know, try to get some intel there. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really um, excited to, to see how that goes. I'm actually excited for next week's episode in a way I wasn't for this week's. So I'm excited. I, I think that has to do with the fact that Meredith and Ace actually share the same setting this time around. Well, that, that, but also I'm excited for Addison and what they're teasing in the promo actually looks interesting. This episode that we just watched, like, turned out to be better than I was expecting. Like, that promo made it look freaking awful. <laughs> like, it made it look terrible. Scott Speedman is back on Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, <laughs> screw that. Um, okay. It's time for our favorite quote or scene from the episode. What was yours? Okay, the, the, both of these are related. They're kind of two-way tie. So I think my favorite, not necessarily a quote, but a scene was when Joe treated that patient and she was like, is like, I can see there's like an obstruction. Would there be like something there? And she's like, possibly. And then she pulls out a strawberry from yeah. the woman's, you know, yeah. nether regions. And I had that tick, I got that TikTok sound um, being like, that is a scarecrow stuck in my head, being like, what? Um, and so there was that. And then the follow up to that, where Bailey and Richard were talking about, you know, training the new crop of interns and, you know, bringing the joy back and bringing the fun. And Richard and Bailey were laughing and she was like, it's like, oh, yeah, like Levi was so excited. Like she was so excited. She goes, and he goes, yeah, like Helm was even more excited because he, he let her keep the crystal. Yeah. <laughs> right. I actually, there is something that I actually didn't understand. I mean, I don't want you to explain to me, but I have to be honest. I don't get what happened with the strawberry. I, I really don't. I mean, I get about the yoni egg, but why the strawberry? I just, I, I don't well, Amy and I were saying this not to get too graphic, but we were like, she was like, well, that must have been an underripe strawberry because it was still in one piece. And we were both looking at each other being like, well, I don't know about you, but the strawberry is wheat. Like, yeah, but why the strawberry? If it was just the yoni egg, why the strawberry? Well, no, because she said that she was trying to do that ritual for love that she saw on social media. And she yeah, got really into but why it. is she surprised when she says, oh, do I have this stomach because of this? Of course you do. I mean, why is she so surprised by it? I don't think she was surprised. I think she just, like, I think she maybe she thought she had passed it. Like, she had a strawberry up the one end and then a crystal up the other, and she thought maybe she had passed it through, and then it didn't, and then... He was kind of realizing that that had happened. Oh, my um, God. That was oh my, my table. We're like, yeah, it's got to be underripe strawberry because why? Otherwise, it would just get smushy. And it would just, like, get smushed up everywhere. <laughs> 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 and I'm like, and oh then the doctors have these stories. Like I, like, I feel like this is real. I'm like, people must come in. With, like, do people really come into the ER with stuff shoved up their things that yeah. frequently? Like, yeah. Yeah. I read an article. Uh, uh, a few weeks ago about people about the doctors you know revealing yeah the, the awful awful things they have seen inside bodies i know i know it does but i'm just like every time we see this stuff i'm like why would you shove that up your like why would you do that it's supposed to bring joy and and happiness and love so i'm sorry if that's what's required to find love i'm i'm good i'm, I'm, I'm right. good <laughs> like, right Right, right. What about you? What was your favorite quote or scene? Um, I don't think I have a favorite quote this episode. Mm -hmm. Let me 
think no i don't think i do have one i um, i loved all the moments between meredith and nick that was the mm-hmm. uh, for me yeah was but you- i don't favorite quote all righty well I, th- I think we've done it i think yeah that's our show and we're back next week with edison return so if you liked what you heard today be sure to subscribe like rate and review and tell your friends of course our theme song is inspired by kevin mcleod you can find us on twitter at dancing out pod and on instagram at dancing out Grey's anatomy until next time i'm giuseppe and i'm jasmine and this is dancing out a Grey's anatomy podcast Thank you.